Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be your fittest and your healthiest, but what I hear all the time is, I hate my body, so I'm going to do X, Y, Z to make it better. But I got to the place where I said, I love my body so much that I want to do X, Y, and Z regardless of the outcome because I deserve this and because I want to be my personal fitspo and I want to be my personal version of healthy. So once you start doing things for you instead of outside influence, you can really get to a place of self-love and respect and compassion. I know veganism is so much about compassion for the animals, but you have to have that same compassion for yourself. Hey, it's Monique. I hope all is well. This is episode 77 of the Brown Vegan Podcast, where I love to share strategies on how to start and keep going with the vegan lifestyle and also sprinkle in some wellness and vegan business. You can find out more about what I do and how I do it at brownvegan.com. And also come hang out with me on social media. I'm Brown Vegan everywhere, including YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So I'm back with another conversation for you. I have Eden Jacks on the show. Eden is a YouTuber. She is a plus size model in my mind, okay? I know she doesn't call herself that, but she is. (laughs) I'm so glad that Eden decided to be on the show because um, I think that in this space, it's really easy to feel like veganism is supposed to be for people who are really thin, especially if you're out there and putting yourself out there in a big way like she is on YouTube. There's this perception of veganism being, you know, really thin or you don't gain weight when you're a vegan. And that is not always the case. And even though Eden has lost 120 pounds, it really didn't make a difference in how she felt about herself. And I'm so glad she shared that message on here is that, you know, you just have to find the love within yourself, self-love, self-care, and not really focus on your body as much as you are on the journey. And so we're going to talk about that, all of the inner work that needs to be happening instead of just focusing on the weight, body positivity, no matter what size you are. We also chat about how veganism affected her own family and some of their their food choices, some of her favorite restaurants. We're going to talk a little bit about vegan fashion for plus size women 
and how she got started on YouTube. So this is a really good conversation. And I'm just so glad that she shared her experiences. And this is, I feel like she really inspired me, um, not only in the conversation we had here, but just some previous conversations that we've had about body positivity, because sometimes I feel like I don't fit into the vegan space. You know, I feel like even though I have this podcast and a YouTube channel that I don't put myself out there as much because I don't fit in. So I'm just so glad that she was able to share her story and it inspired me and hopefully it inspires you that no matter what you look like to make this happen for yourself. Before we jump into this episode, I want to let you know that this um, episode is being brought to you by Zero to Vegan, which is my 14-day vegan challenge. If you are someone who is looking to transition in a very practical way, and you're not really sure where to start, but you know you don't want to eat barbecue chicken anymore, definitely check out my challenge. It's going to give you recipes and very specific strategies on how to make that happen. There's audio, there's videos, there's a meal plan, and also a private Facebook group. So to sign up, go to zerotoveganchallenge.com and use the discount code podcast to save some coins. That's zerotoveganchallenge.com, discount code podcast. Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into Eden's vegan story. So I grew up not completely vegetarian, but I was vegetarian on and off a lot when I was young. Um, The first time was when my mom made Cornish hens for Thanksgiving. And that was the first time I saw meat actually look like an animal. So growing up and into adulthood, I always chose a lot of vegetarian options. But the real thing that made me go vegan was I had a dream, funny enough, that um, God talked to me. And he told me to open the Bible. And I hadn't been religious at all. So the only Bible I had was in the glove compartment of my car because I thought that that would protect me from car accidents. So I went out to my car the next morning. I opened it. And I guess the short of it was, um, you know, I've made all the things on the earth for you. And the last thing said, and the fruit shall be your meat. And after that, um, I had already been pescatarian at this point. After that, I cut out like all fish, all dairy, and um, just basically lived the way that I thought God wanted me to, um, the things that I thought he wanted me to do. Um, And then I just started reading a little bit more into Dominion. And um, the more I read it, the more it sounded like we had a responsibility to care for the earth and the animals, not um, that Dominion meant that we were able to do whatever we please to the earth and the animals. I did not expect you to say any of this. That is amazing. (laughs) So it was more, it sounds like a a spiritual transformation happens. 100%. Eventually it evolved into um, animal rights and making really good vegan food. But initially it was all spiritual. Do you feel like it was a difficult transition to go from being a pescatarian to a vegan? Did you transition a little bit and kind of were were you a vegetarian and then vegan? Like, how did that look for you? I always say I was vegetarian for two days. So basically, the whole thing happened where I had the dream. The next day, I cleared all of the meat out of um, my fridge. And then the next two days, I finished off the yogurt I had. But that was I was straight into veganism after that. It took two days for me to finish what yogurt and cottage cheese I had left. So So what resources did you go to? Because I know for a lot of people who try to do it overnight, I always wonder how that looked for them. What did you do? So I had heard about veganism 
years ago from reading a book um, by Russell Simmons actually called Do You. And it was like a book on how to succeed in business. But throughout the whole book, he talked about veganism and how these things weren't meant for us. So honestly, I watched Russell Simmons um, show. He had a show at the time. And um, I looked at his Instagram and his Twitter to see the type of, of things that he was eating. And then also vegan YouTube it was around, but it wasn't easily searchable. What year like was it this? Is now. I'm sorry. What 2000, year? 2013. Okay. So um, there's a wonderful author by the name of Colleen Patrick Goudreau. Yay. Um, yeah. Love her. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. She's like the vegan godmother. And I'm really glad that she was my influence because it didn't push me in either way when it comes to veganism. Like, any kind of extreme she was just like a normal vegan yes that that was my influence yes which is so important right to get that as your first influence because I felt the same way she was one of my first influences as well and I love her approach because it's like incredibly practical she's not judgy she's not preachy she's just like okay here are the facts and this is what you can do kind of thing and I love that approach Yes, and Pinterest, Pinterest too. <laughs> <laughs> Pinterest, okay. So you just kind of dived like right into everything. You just went ahead and started. Do you remember what some of those first meals looked like? Um, I do. I remember making um, like black bean and avocado tacos. I made um, like these little eggplant pizzas, like eggplant was the base and then um, tomato sauce and olives and onions and stuff and some vegan cheese, which was not as good as it is now. <laughs> they've come, <laughs> right? <laughs> they've come a long way with vegan cheese. Um, but I made a lot of falafel and it really expanded, I think, my taste because I started doing more curries and soups and things like that. Yeah. Were you much of a cook before you decided to go vegan? I was actually. That's good. You just had to make some adjustments based on what you already ate, it sounds like. Exactly. Veganizing the things that you already know and love is definitely the easiest way to transition. So, okay, you basically evolved. So you went from it was kind of spiritual and then it was animal rights. And did health come in there at all or was it more so for ethical reasons? It was definitely more for ethical reasons. But at the beginning of my journey, um, like I had said, I was pescatarian and I had lost about 60 pounds. Um, and then transitioning into veganism, I lost an additional 60 pounds. So health was a part of it, but I'm not 100% attributing that to veganism because I worked out a lot during that time frame, mm. um, more than the typical person probably would. I was working out at least four hours a day. Really, I had just gone through a breakup, so it was definitely avoidance. So it was working out two hours in the morning, two hours after work. And then I'd take one day off a week where I'd walk five miles or do yoga because I think, okay, I'm not getting my heart rate super up. So this isn't really working out. It's just like a, a leisurely five mile walk. So I was definitely <laughs> in a bit of an excessive exercise denial pattern at that point. So how long did that last? Oh my goodness. Um, just about eight months. It took me just under eight months to lose 120 pounds. You, you get kind of immersed in Instagram and the whole fit fam, hashtag fitspo, all of this stuff. And all of these people, they're like thin and 
they appear to be happy. And I was like, okay, maybe making some kind of change in my life will bring like my happiness back. So I went at it 175%, you know, (laughs) and it just didn't make me happier. I was always like hurting and tired. I was proud because I was seeing a change, but I wasn't happy. So. Yeah. So it just, it, it changed your body, but it didn't really change. Yeah. Anything. It didn't change anything else, but I do think I'm healthier now than I was previously because I have a healthier mind and I've continued to work out throughout the entire process of gaining weight back. So I'm definitely healthier now than I was before. So I don't think health is like a static thing. It's kind of like a sliding scale of health. So it's not this one thing you point at it and that's healthy. Health is different for everybody. Yeah. So 120 pounds was the total amount that you lost from being, you know, pescatarian and then transitioned to vegan with the excess of working out. What were you eating? Um, I was eating basically the same thing I'm eating now. Pretty, I'd say, clean throughout the week. A lot of whole foods, a lot of um, vegetables, a lot of Buddha bowls, burrito bowls with guacamole, like all of the typical things you would eat throughout the week. And then on the weekends, I would have processed foods. And that's still what I do to this day. Mm-hmm. love how on your YouTube channel, you're always trying out all of the new vegan products that are out because... Yeah, somebody needs to try this stuff to make sure it's right. Yeah. <laughs> Give us the honest opinion on what this stuff is, if it's good, you know? Yeah, and so. people get the impression that that's my everyday diet, but um, I work every day, like a full-time job. So not that YouTube isn't a full-time job, but that's always on the weekends when I'm filming. So to the outside world, it looks like my everyday diet, but it's really always the weekends that I'm posting. <laughs> really? I don't get that impression at all from you because I feel like you show us your lunches and breakfast and everything, and it's usually like whole ingredients and whole foods. Yeah. yeah. I wonder why. You know how people see what they want to see, so. Because <laughs> I'm sure. I'm trying to figure out how they how they get that impression because I don't get that when I watch a YouTube channel. Oh, so yeah. that's refreshing. <laughs> Speaking okay. of YouTube, the reason why I think you really stand out on YouTube is because as a YouTuber, I feel like I don't see enough people who look um, like an everyday person. I don't know. If, how do I put this? <laughs> okay, because here's the thing. The impression that you get of veganism is someone that is super thin, super health conscious, super fit, and all of that other stuff, right? And I don't really feel like you fit into what veganism looks like, which is why I think YouTube is so important for you. And it's so important to show everyday people being vegan. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> it does make sense. And I think your channel is equal, equally important for that because, you know, you have a family and you don't see that a lot. A lot of vegans tend to be like a solo type of thing, yep. making a transition on their own. So I think your channel is really important for representation as well. So I honestly, I had been vegan, I think, for over a year before I made my first video about being vegan. And it wasn't for any reason in particular, but when I finally decided to do it, it was really out of frustration because I didn't see anyone that looked like me. I saw a few brown vegans at the time, but they were all raw. And that's, there's nothing wrong with being a raw vegan. Um, There's so many ways to be vegan, which is amazing because that means there's a fit for everyone. But I didn't see someone that was just normal, making delicious food and anyone that was fat because all of the representation up until that point, like you said, was thin, mostly blonde. And I have a very 
strong mind. So I'm like, okay, if God's only talked to me once in my entire life and he told me to be vegan, I'm going to be vegan. Um, (laughs) if this was our one interaction, but a lot of people aren't, if they don't see someone that looks like them, someone that they can relate to, it's just not going to happen for them. So I just wanted to be me authentically a happy person, someone not depressed about their weight, and that wasn't stereotypical, like, um, you know, just eating chips on the couch or whatever people think that people do. And it's like, no, these are the things that I'm eating. They're delicious. They're easy. They're affordable. And I just want it to be a little light in the corner of YouTube. And this, that representation is so important. And especially like as social media, it's kind of, sometimes on social media, I'm just like, why do I even show up here? Like, I don't even, <laughs> I, where do I fit in here? And I, I love when I go to your page, you like a chilling with your bikini on, like whatever, bitch, I'm here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying my life in this body, in this moment. And it's so inspiring to me as someone who, um, when I first started my journey, I was not trying to lose weight at all. It was all ethical reasons. The only reason I went vegan and I lost uh, about, you know, 20, 25 pounds. And I loved how I looked. I was like, oh my gosh. And then awesome. what happened was I learned how to cook all this food and I started gaining weight. And I was like, oh shit, I can't be a vegan. And, like, I don't look like veganism. I don't look like that's what a vegan is. And so it just made me like really self-conscious. But when I come across you, I'm like, This is how it's just enjoying my life, how it's supposed to be. So do you feel like you get a lot of pushback on YouTube? Because we know that YouTube can be brutal when it comes to the comments. Are people second, do people, um, do you get backlash or people not believe that you're vegan because you don't fit into what veganism looks like? Do you get any of those type of comments? All of the time. Um, Like the, at least she's trying (laughs) type of comments. Are you serious? Yeah. (laughs) Or... Keep with it, girl, and then you'll be able to take fat vegan out of your topic. And I'm like, I mean, out of your title. And I'm like, little do you know, <laughs> I've been vegan five years. So um, oh. it's not like this weight loss pill or something. It's a lifestyle. So I do get a lot of pushback in the comments, a lot of I'm not vegan enough or that I'm not doing vegan the right way. But just like you said a little bit ago, you felt like you weren't the right representation of veganism. We all are. We all look like veganism. We just need to be seen. We all look like it. And when it comes to comments, one, YouTube comments aren't my business because their opinions and other people's opinions aren't my business, yeah. <laughs> like period, point blank. Then also, what does that person have to be going through in order to go out of their way to try to bring someone else down? Mm-hmm. So I try to think like, what place would I be in if I went out of my way to leave a terrible comment to someone? I'd have to be in a really bad situation or going through a lot. And then the last thing that I always try to think of is unsolicited advice is never good advice. Inserting yourself into a situation which you aren't invited into, it's not a good character trait. And I don't choose to receive things that aren't good. So I just focus on what I'm doing, the good that I'm doing, the things that I feel like I'm meant to do, and the positive comments and relationships in the community that I've built. I love that. So how did you get to this place, though, Eden? How did you get to be so uh, positive about your body? And even though I know you lost 120 pounds, how did you get to the point in which you are 
fine with wearing your bikinis and you don't, <laughs> you're not um, super thin. So I think I have kind of a different scenario than most people because I grew up fat. So it never, to me, I know some people have different experiences, but it never felt different because it's what I always knew. I feel like a lot of people, um, they gain weight later in life. So they're trying to get back to something. Yeah. I never really had anything to get back to because it's always who I've been. And I was always expected to perform to high levels. I was a competitive level cheerleader, even at over 250 pounds, I was still doing stunts and jumping and, um, tumbling. I, that's just who I was. So I'd never felt like my weight held me back from anything. Um, but I think that comes from having a strong family unit around me to build me up. Mm. Around the time where I started to lose weight, I had moved to Texas alone. So I didn't really have that strong family dynamic or the support system. So when I was losing 120 pounds, I was also losing myself because I didn't have that support system. Not that losing weight is a bad thing. I think it's a wonderful thing. And um, self-improvement, there's nothing wrong with self-improvement. But for me, I got to my destination, which I thought would make me happy, and it didn't. So I had to really reinstill the values that I had from a young age from my family and the positive encouragement that I've always had from them and the strong women that I have in my life that are also plus size, I really had to go back to my roots and refine that and find new passions and get back to the things that I love. Like I started doing dance because it was close to cheer. And once I started doing dance, I started doing workout for the love of it, not to avoid a breakup or to, um, try to fit into what I thought would make me happy. So I guess what I'm trying to say is there's nothing wrong with wanting to be your fittest and your healthiest. But what I hear all the time is I hate my body. So I'm going to do X, Y, Z to make it better. But I got to the place where I said, I love my body so much that I want to do X, Y, and Z regardless of the outcome because I deserve this and because I want to be my personal fitspo and I want to be my personal version of healthy. So once you start doing things for you instead of outside influence and ignore all of the opinions out there, you can really get to a place of self-love and respect and compassion. I know veganism is so much about compassion for the animals, but you have to have that same compassion for yourself. And it's hard work. It's not like overnight, you can go from this self-loathing place to I love myself. It's little things every day. Like I took this long walk. So I feel super accomplished now. And that boosts your confidence or at work, they told me that I did a fantastic job on that PowerPoint. I'm so smart. I'm so accomplished. Um, It's just like, outside little things that are you your body's not you your accomplishments are you your achievements are you your personality is you so um once you remove who you actually are your soul from this vision of your body you 
you find yourself, yes. I guess, is yes. what I'm trying to say. Yes, I love it. I love it. It's so <laughs> right. So right. Thank you for that. I know this is going to help other people. I'm so serious. Because that is important, including myself. Because like I said, it was just, it's been a struggle for me. I haven't, I kind of feel like I hide now because I've gained weight. And I think because people have told me that I've gained weight. I'm like, duh, no. <laughs> exactly. I know this. I don't I need. <laughs> What did your family say when, um, okay, let's go back. What did they say back then when you said you wanted to go vegan? And now what are they saying about this lifestyle? I don't think they were that surprised because I had been vegetarian a lot. Um, I grew up eating a lot of tofu. So <laughs> where did that come from though, Eden? What, what made you do that as a kid? My, my mom, my mom just, she loves all types of cuisine, I guess. I don't know if that's the right way to say it. But, um, and also when my little sister was born, she's 13 years younger than me. She wouldn't eat meat. She didn't like the texture. Mm -hmm. So we started eating a lot of like Asian food and a lot of Asian food has a lot of tofu. I guess for like the past 13 years prior to being vegan, I was eating a lot of tofu and um, growing up, my mom always made a salad every day and you have to eat your salad before you ate your meal. So half the time, by the time I got through my salad and like half of my sides, I was already full. So a lot of my diet was already plant-based. So I don't think they were surprised. And honestly, I'm really grateful because I've heard some horror stories of black families and their reaction yep. <laughs> to their black family members going vegan. Yep, that's why I wanted to know. <laughs> that's why I wanted to know what your family said. I remember my first Thanksgiving um, vegan. I made all of my own food, and my parents hadn't told my grandmother that um, I was vegan yet. And they're like, you know, Eden's not eating meat. And my grandma goes, oh, that's okay. I'm bringing chicken. Like, <laughs> that's relatable, girl. <laughs> that is relatable. <laughs> I'm going to give you like, fish. I'm like, oh, I don't eat that either. <laughs> exactly. So um, they thought it was going to be a phase because I am a girl of whims. I, I love to follow a whim. But now they're really, really supportive five years later. And they try a lot of vegan food. They only drink almond milk now after we watched, I think it was Forks Over Knives. And we saw the cow scene where they like, they have the that weird tube in the cow's stomach so they can like reach in and see. And my mom's like, I can't believe they're doing this to these cows. So they only drink almond milk. My mom is pretty much pescatarian. Um, so... I'm really proud of the positive strides they've made. My mom's lost over 60 pounds. Nice. Um, so I'm lucky that my family has been very supportive because I know that it can be hard. Yes, definitely. You are so blessed in that. Definitely. <laughs> yes. Okay, so look, I have to ask you this because I know that you love um, a lot of the brands that are out there just like me, a lot of the <laughs> um, Beyond Meat type of brands. What are some of your favorite vegan products that you try, like the stuff that you like to eat on the weekends? So I recently tried the Beyond Sausage and that was fantastic. Have you tried it? No, but I saw your video on it. Yeah. Oh, they're so good. And it's almost like creepily good. It's like, how did they make it this realistic? But like some of my old school favorites that I don't eat as much, but I really should are the little Gardein chicken sliders. They come like four in a box. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Those are so good. I haven't had those in so long. Oh, I love the So Delicious ice cream bars, mm. the ones that are kind of dipped in chocolate and they're like little ice cream bars. 
those are really yummy. And um, that's pretty much all I do because I love to cook so much. Yeah. So um, on the weekends when I'm having like my cheat meals or my YOLO meals, as I like to call them, <laughs> um, <laughs> bring YOLO back 2018. Um <laughs> I really love making like cauliflower wings because I love buffalo sauce with like homemade vegan ranch. Yeah. Like that kind of thing is my go-to on the weekends, like saucy things. I love a good sauce. I love like barbecue, tofu, po'boys, like that kind of thing. So homemade meals, um, but a little junkier than I would typically have. Yeah. What are some of your favorite restaurants or places you like to hit up in Texas? Because you're in Austin, right? I am in Austin. Y'all um, have a big vegan scene. We yeah. do. Um, so I love Arlo's, which yes, is... me too. I'm going to say that. Oh, yes. <laughs> Those burgers taste just... I mean... You have to do a double take when you eat Arlo's burger. <laughs> exactly. They're so delicious. Um, and there's a new burger place in Austin called Plow Burger, and it stands for Plants Lead Our Way. And they use the Beyond Burger, and they have, like, a rotating weekly burger. Like, last week was an Aloha burger, so it had a pineapple slice, these crispy wontons, like a sesame sauce, and they just switch it up every week. So that's really fun. And they make this amazingly realistic vegan tuna, and it's so good. And I hope that they expand soon. Also, Veggie Haven is an all-vegan um Chinese food restaurant. It's delicious, and they even have vegan bubble tea, which is really hard to find because a lot of the bubble tea powders have milk in them. Um, and Cap City Bakery, which is owned by a fellow plus size girl, um, Kristen, and um, she makes delicious baked goods. But Austin has so many amazing gyms, and even if it's not fully vegan, they have so many vegan options. Like Via 313 is a Detroit style pizza, and they have the best vegan pizza I've ever had and they use follow your heart cheese so you know it's good and <laughs> so yeah austin's an amazing place yes for that capital bakery oh my gosh is <laughs> good yes i love that it's when you mentioned um when you said plus size it that made me think of fashion do you feel like there's a there's a need for i guess more plus size fashion veganism as far as like the the fabric that's used i don't even know if that's even a concern but is it it is a big concern. Um, it's hard for plus size vegans. One, because I can't speak for everyone, but in the, most cases, our feet are wider. So to find a wide width shoe that has no animal products is near impossible. Mm. You really have to search high and low for that. Um, and then you want to be cute too. So if you exactly. search high and low and it's ugly, it's like, mm, I'm not doing it. Exactly. <laughs> so recently I've found Life Stride. It's like a comfort brand, but they have a lot of cute options. They sell wide width um, up to like a size 11. So that's really awesome. And almost their entire line is man-made materials. So very vegan friendly. But it is really difficult. You want to shop ethical and you want to make sure that your things aren't being made in a sweatshop and you want to make sure that the materials are sourced in a way where they're going to be, um, yeah, in like fast fashion products that don't kind of like biodegrade. You want them to be cotton. You don't want a bunch of polyester stuff because that stuff eventually just sits in the landfill once it's donated and worn to its capacity. It can't you know, go back into the environment. So it's, 
there are some brands that are coming out, but it definitely needs a bigger light shined on it because if people have the option to good to do good, they will. But right now there's just there just aren't enough options. Mm. Thanks for sharing that because I wasn't even sure and I'm glad I brought that up. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So um, since we spent so much time talking about YouTube, do you have any suggestions for people who want to get started on there? And and we kind of talked about the importance of representation. I think there needs to be enough more brown and black vegans on YouTube. So what do you suggest, especially in the vegan space? One is to just start. I get a lot of people saying, oh, I want to start, but I need to have a theme and I need to have series and I need to have this camera. No, you don't. Just start. Because to be honest, no one's watching at the beginning. So then you get to find your identity on camera and you get to go through the kinks of editing. And by the time you get there where you feel like your quality is A1, then you're getting your audience. So they're coming in at the perfect time. And also to be authentic. Don't watch other videos and say, okay, everyone else is making a smoothie bowl and then they're having a Buddha bowl for lunch and then they're having collard wraps for dinner and try to copy the same thing. I think authenticity is key and that's what catches and keeps an audience. And what we're looking for is diversity. We don't want a carbon copy of everything that's already on YouTube. We want you to be uniquely yourself and for you to bring your gifts to the table because everyone has a set of gifts. Um, And if you're copying someone else, then you're denying us of your gifts and we want to receive those gifts. (laughs) So um, it's really just being yourself because everyone has something that's unique about them. Yes. And before we wrap up, okay, before, because I wanted you to talk about how we can follow you on social media and your YouTube channel. Do you have any, because I know you said that veganizing some of your favorite dishes is super important when you're getting started. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. That helped me (laughs) so much when I went vegan. Do you have any other tips for people who want to start their vegan journey? I do. And I started kind of just like both feet in, but I really think that you should start with one meatless meal per day instead of jumping all in. And what that does is it gives you the opportunity to experiment with recipes and not feel lost. Because if you get rid of all meat, you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. I've made this meal. It's not good. And then you kind of revert back to what's comfortable for you. But if you're throwing in meatless meals throughout the day, but you still have what you're used to, your comfort zone, it doesn't feel like all or nothing thing. Mm. So I'd say by the end of a month, if you have one meatless meal every day, you have at least out of those 31 days, at least 15 meals that are going to end up being a go-to for you. So when you decide to go all in, you have this stack of 15 meals. You're like, I loved all of these. So then you you don't have that element of surprise. You know exactly your go-to meals and what's going to be delicious. So I think that either doing like a meatless meal per week or one per day, um, kind of easing yourself into it is important. Yes, so, so important. I love that. How can we follow you on social media and tell us about your YouTube? So my YouTube channel is actually called um, Celebrity Typical Day. It's like my fifth YouTube channel. Don't judge. But <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I know. 
So um, there's a good mix of body positivity videos, how to be your best self, how to elevate your life so that you're happy and healthy um, all around, not just your body. And there are try-on videos because we know as plus-size vegans, um, a lot of our shopping is done online. So it's hard to see what something might look like on your actual body. So I do make a good effort to try on things so that you can see what you're buying. And then also vegan what I ate in a day videos so that you can get an arsenal of recipes that are delicious, easy, and affordable. And lastly, I do vlogs so that you can follow me along through my daily life. But you can always find me by just typing Eden Jacks into the sort into the search bar. So it's E-D-Y-N-J-A-C-K-S. Yes. And what about your Instagram? It's the same, right? You can find me at Eden Jacks pretty much anywhere on the internet. So my Twitter and my Instagram are all Eden Jacks. Um, Instagram has a lot more bikini pictures, a lot more fashion um, posts than my YouTube does. And all of my workout posts are on Instagram as well. So if you want to see me doing backbends and handstands and crazy new workout sequences that I've come up with and um, all that kind of jazz, you can follow me there. Yes, yes, yes. And shout out to Professor T. Mister from Instagram who connected us, who suggested this. I'm glad. So uh, thank you so much for being on the show, Eden. I really appreciate it. Thank you so, so much for having me. And I can't wait to see you jump back on YouTube because your presence is much needed. Thank you. I hope this episode was helpful. Come over to my Instagram or Facebook page at Brown Vegan and let me know your thoughts. Also, be sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes to make it easy for other people to find us. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.